You know, when I say the word adult learning, uh, it makes me anxious and it's really sweaty palm territory because so much of what we do in corporate and organizations that we call training so often misses the mark in terms of its impact and intended outcomes. And why is that an important conversation? One, if you look at service levels, delivery times, messed up orders, inferior products, it often comes down to the wrong training or the wrong learning. And so not only does it impact us as customers, but if you don't think it impacts a company's bottom line, having frontline workers, having executives that don't have everything they need to do their jobs well, uh, it's a big problem. So Joyce and I, we jump into the conversation. We three, we, we think we've got some ideas about how to unravel this in a way that if we just tweak and look at learning and training a little bit differently, uh, we'll fill that gap between what we intend to see happen because of the training and what actually does happen. So sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. Hey, Bob. Morning, Joyce. <laughs> How are you? You know, I, I love the holidays. And, uh, you know, Thanksgiving just uh, passed and... Uh, I'm excited about the next four weeks. It's my favorite time of the year. How are you? You're only one of 10 people that feel that way. <laughs> You're right. So uh, many do not. It's either painful or costy. Costy? <laughs> Costs yeah. a lot. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm full of gratitude and, and joy today. And as I've told you before, I try to do a gratitude every day, and it can be very specific. So one time it was for ice cubes, because I was in the Peace Corps for three years with no ice cubes. Trust me, I appreciate your ice cubes. And another time it was flannel. But I'm very grateful <laughs> for uh, working with you. Well, thank you, I, as I am with you. So it's been... And as, and as we always have. You know, we're I, and and in another month or two, we're coming around on our first year anniversary of doing this podcast. Wow! Wow! We better get good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's part of today's topic, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's why I'm laughing. So today, if we can get down to it, we want to talk a little bit about the difference between learning and training and how we get that mixed up. Um, training is you know, very specifically based on a skill that can be learned actually through repetition. You get better and better and better. Learning, <laughs> especially experiential, is you do something, you reflect on it, you get feedback on it, you change your behavior based on learning, and then you move forward, and it continues forever and ever and ever. Learning from experience is not that easily done. And in fact, sometimes I marvel at how organizations don't learn. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is speed. Because to learn, you do have to stop and reflect. You have to stop. <laughs> and also, you need a coach, whether that's an executive coach 
or a colleague giving you feedback, but feedback is essential for the learning to occur. So both the stopping and the feedback have to happen. And especially in uh, this pandemic, you're having to speed up that learning cycle. Yeah. And if I were to say one thing about it is do build in the pauses, organizational pauses for learning to occur there. I think I've said all I can well, say no, about I, learning I, and training, I, but I, we mix it up. Yeah, we, I we love can train leadership. Yeah, so, I I love this conversation um, because if I think about my career, uh, both as a leader uh, advancing over the years, as well as as an OD practitioner, um, I think I'm not alone. I think oftentimes uh, we we look at a learning challenge, and and we apply a training solution to it. I think that's uh, really well put. Yeah. And uh, as a coach, this is kind of fast forwarding, as a leadership coach, uh, some of my early work, I was uh, uh, partnering with larger HR OD firms that provided coaching services. So I was kind of in their, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stable of coaches. And what drove me cuckoo is their formulaic way of coaching mm. felt more like training. Hmm. When by and large, uh, I see most of, if not all of uh, the work that I do with leaders as being on the more the learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, so this is a good conversation to have. Well, let's pause for a minute. What you made me think of, there, oh gosh, it took me to emotional uh, intelligence where the whole idea of self-management has to be built on reflection and input and feedback. Um, what areas for top leaders is training? Where does the training need to happen? And my, where my brain went to is in speaking, you know, doing speaking and being able to um, articulate purpose and direction and enthusiasm and to the, to the organization as a whole. That's a skill. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. When you ask the the question is, is I look at leaders. uh, I, and I look at one of the innovative approaches that uh, I think you either created or co-created uh, was the skill of the year. Uh, yes, that, uh, and, yes, yes, yes. And that's yes. a great example where uh, there's a conversation about, so where would we benefit as a top leadership group? And when I say top, probably the top. What 150. 150. <clears throat> and, and what is uh, a training experience that introduces knowledge or new ways of working um, uh, and and we created a skill uh, each year. We didn't create it. We created uh, a curriculum yeah, we, for that. And yeah, that's, we, that's a great example of training for top leaders. Yes. And in fact, financial uh, fluency was a big one. And, and especially to get it understood across gl- the globe. Yeah. 
Not yeah. to say we didn't have fun, but that was a pretty dry topic. Well, if you think happened. about it, yeah, it was courageous having that. I think it was our first one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was great. And it, was, it wasn't like uh, financial training for non-financial leaders. It was uh, nuanced and deep. And uh, yeah. uh, we didn't want to turn people into uh, uh, CFOs or treasurers but we wanted to dip them into a little bit of what that world was like. I think one thing that helped with that, I have to share this for people that are doing tough leadership training is we had those, that was easy buttons. <laughs> and so that when somebody was lecturing on cash flow and it was like going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they could go, nah, that was easy. And that meant so stop and, and explain a little bit better. Um, yeah, that's a really good example. Yeah, and you know why I, I like that example is I think sometimes we are quick to put training into the easier kind of the the basics, and that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so I right. think bagging. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that was compliance. Uh, we're talking about training that's that's literally. Uh, you that know, the CEO needs. <laughs> that the CEO needs. So I think there's a place for it. Yes. Um, for sure. Uh, and a learning organization, uh, which we could spend a whole episode on, uh, is, is one that helps cultivate those kind of things happening. I'm trying to think of Harvard. Like going to Harvard for leadership. Yeah. Training. I know they use, you know, the case study primarily. Uh, is that that's training? It, it, it's a case it study model. Yeah. But it's not what you we've talked about before. Adaptive learning, where the situation you don't know the situation. You're having to learn as you go, which is essential for pandemic. Yeah. Um. So that if you if there is a right answer, it's training. Yes. Yeah. If you're it's a more it's a more straight line uh, approach uh, that the solution is already out there. Right. Even though it's highly interactive and you are learning. Yeah. It's more training of how you think. Yes. Um. And uh, the, the flaw for learning is once again taking that pause and building it in. And um, I have found in most organizations, I'll start out building in that pause. You know where it happens most is in project management. Oh, yes. Yeah. There are debriefs. Yeah. And postmortems. Yeah. But they can become trite pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a takeaway is if you've got big projects going on and you must in this world, make sure you build in enough space and breadth to learn. And a lot of that ended up being interpersonal, which is why project management and OD uh, can cross over quite a bit and also become competitive. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm there. I, you know, it's, I'll give you a, what I think is a, a good example of the pause. Um, 
I've been teaching an entrepreneurial class with four other people, a 10-week program for the last four years. So we've had uh, four cohorts. At the end, like, like the next day after the last class, we get together with one purpose in mind. What did we learn and what might we do differently next year? And uh, we, we just finished uh, one uh, of those conversations uh, uh, earlier this year. And I look at where we were year one versus where we're going to be for the fifth cohort. We, those have been such a valuable sources of conversations and changing our thinking about how to approach it. It's really been great. Yeah. And I think about um, uh, people that are doing OD independently. Yeah. Um, sole practitioners or whatever. Uh, to be brave enough to do that <laughs> when you're brought into an organization and you're hoping for more business and you've brought in to do a specific task. Um, sometimes it's scary to, to do the, what did we learn? Cause you have to mean it. And so, and you've got to be willing to say, well, yeah, it's so important. And it is such a bonus for people to see you do that. And I think it results in a deeper relationship with your client, but don't short circuit it, especially if you think it hasn't gone well. Yeah, for because sure. Then you can do mop up. Um, yeah, we, I, you know, it's, you'd think that after three cohorts, we'd, we pretty much eliminated most of the, the, the greatest challenges, but that's not the case. Uh, uh, so I, I, that's continuous learning, which is what you want. Yeah. Um, I want to brag. In, yeah. Brag. I hey. want to brag on you. I, I look no. at, I look <laughs> at my uh, time at Hannaford, which you and I both have said time and time again, what, what a great gift uh, to work uh, with that organization. Um, if I think about before Joyce, almost everything that we did was in the training space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you uh, at least offered um, or created different forms in different space uh, that took us to the learning. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it wasn't an accident, I guess uh, I'm saying. And it was really at the heart of what you brought to Hannaford. Yeah, I think that might be true. I, I hope it was of benefit. I haven't, but however, I was just about to say before you, um, I thought you were going to brag about you. Uh, <laughs> training. Oh my God, there's so many organizations, including all the good ones we know, don't train entry level people well enough to do good work. Yeah. And it's miserable. I've been in that situation. I was a bank teller. Nobody told me anything. I didn't know that I had to tally at the end of the day or I never would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I always, they'd be saying, okay, she's been here an hour after closing. Somebody go do her drawer for her. Um, so here's, uh, well, here's what I'm saying. There are tons. Learning is not better than training. Yeah. Training is a different kind of learning. And if you don't have that really solid where it's needed, you're losing productivity like crazy. And also losing, you know, respect to the people that you've hired. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I hear it everywhere. 
nobody told me this. I didn't know that. I learned it by the seat of my pants and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think all of us that have gone into retail uh, establishments uh, um, in the hospitality industry, I mean, we've been victimized by the lack of companies having uh, the forethought and insights to, to make sure at that level, um, people feel totally comfortable and equipped to do their jobs well. Um, what I'm thinking of not wanting to make a level difference. And I think we did that when we were talking about training of leaders. So leaders get training and they also, there's an emphasis on learning. Let's say at the store, well, at the store manager level, we created a mechanism for learning rather than training. And it worked on their performance. We, you'll have to, people go look at the topic of learning groups on our podcast to get detail on that. My question is, where are we missing out on learning for lower level associates in any organization? I'll give you what I think is a good example that, that will demonstrate uh, what you just said. Uh, so I uh, am on the board and a volunteer at uh, this organization that happens to have a thrift store. And it's a pretty basic model where people donate in the back of the store. We kind of dress it up a little bit and then we sell it in the front. And that becomes our source of revenues for, um, you know, having a crisis ministry and a food pantry and providing other services. We, we learn pretty quickly uh, that the experience that people had when they dropped off their precious clothes and the mm-hmm. articles that they wanted to give, um, that needed to be a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was such an unwanted uh, role or position that we couldn't get volunteers. We had 600 volunteers doing everything else in the store, but we couldn't get them you know, going, digging in the cars and filling bins and sorting stuff. And we had this core of full-time people that literally gave impersonal, uh, transactional, um, uh, you know, they, they, they just saw their job as empty the car. Like trash. It was like a trash. It was like trash. Yeah. And we got with you have your garbage. We got with the group and talked about, um, you know, if you think about points of contact with our customers, Uh it happens at the checkout and it happens at drop off. So Uh let's talk about how we want this position to be. And this uh, group that I facilitated the conversation, they did the work. They landed on uh, changing their titles to drop off ambassadors. Mm. They used to be drop off. That's what we call them. Oh, Joe works drop off. off. Yeah, and and so it it took time, but the idea of being an ambassador shifted in mm-hmm. a way that uh, really transformed the customer experience. At drop, I mean, people feel good when they want to donate books and clothing. Yeah, but also sad if you're me. Yeah, and a little bit sad. Want to get rid of anything? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and so to transform that experience where our drop-off ambassadors are showing gratitude, no, oh, this is really good. I can't believe this is brand new. It, 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 it's, it's shifted. 
And so there's- Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, what, what, what was different? And so they began to say, thank you. I, well, first of all, there, it's interesting. I, I think they felt better about what they were doing. Well, I mean, we, the, the executive director said, there isn't a job that's more important than what you do. Your job is more important than what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, you touch our customers every day. And so I, then pay me what you're paid. And you know what? <laughs> we're, I, we don't. Uh, well, that's a whole nother conversation, but I, we, start, we, start them out at, we start them out at $15 an hour and are yeah. to a livable wage. So we did shift uh, the compensation. Yeah. But, but what changed is the people transformed their thinking. They had a yeah. different yeah. mindset. Yeah, Old mindset, mindset, you know, dirty job, hard job. Um, and the new mindset being, we are the ambassadors of this organization mm-hmm. and we want to make this experience positive for every car that drives up there. And also there was learning you paused yes. to pull people together to say, we've got to solve this. What can we do? And there are, and I think, isn't that obvious? This is nothing big to say. No. There are fewer people don't do it. I mean, <laughs> fewer people do it than don't do it. Yeah. They, they just would solve it or yell or it, gosh, well, what, what's so- interesting is, um, is if I take a look at, at training and learning, uh, it would have been very easy to do training on customer service skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and we could have spent hours working with uh, the drop-off ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And so we would be treating this like a technical training challenge mm-hmm. when it was more in the, in the realm of learning and shifting mindset. And uh, so that was a big takeaway for me. That's um, a great example. <clears throat> and um, I just want to highlight that training and learning go together. And one yes. is more important than the other. It's when you get them mixed up. When you're applying the technical to what should be a learning and also a learning when it should be technical. Yeah. That's what gets top level people irritated is, oh, my God, don't turn everything into an OD intervention. Where does long term motivate long term motivation for learning occur when there is no one setting it up and facilitating it? That's a whole different topic. It's a whole <laughs> different topic. A Maybe whole different topic, but it, it's a huge one in terms of behavioral change. Well, let me give the, the audience a teaser. Um, there's something I learned about four years ago. It's, it's, a, <coughs> it's a theory that's based on the following statement. Um, the high probability of low or the high probability of low probability events occurring gets in the way of almost all of our learning. So there's a teaser for the next uh, segment, if you like. And I'm, I'm chewing on it right now. <laughs> well, I'll go into it. Uh, but at any rate, well, Joyce, I, I think we're at time. I'm not going to tell you to say goodbye, Joyce, because I don't want to okay. treat you like a pet. No, 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 no. Okay, we, we can come back to that. I'd like to come back to it. A teaser is fine. It creates the most important thing in learning, which is 
Curiosity. Curiosity. So come Yay. join us. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.